gigantic season for the NFL and the Dolphins in Depth podcast. Welcome back. I am caddy of the show, Armando Salguero, star of the show, Adam Beasley. Thank you for delivering to me a cold. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I got I to gotta blame the progeny. Uh, he gave it to me. My son gave it to me. I gave it to you. It's the circle of life. The NFL seated us in very nice positioning on Super Bowl Sunday, put us in the front row of the Dolphins press box about, I would say, 15 feet from where we normally seat, uh, sit, Excuse me. except that they put us in a situation where there was exactly one centimeter between <laughs> you and I, uh, and you were hacking up all sorts of lungs <laughs> during the game. And thanks a lot. I appreciated it and took it home with me. You know, we, uh, we, we both need to take uh, more vitamins. Our immune systems are struggling. That, uh, that, a, that a small child can, can give us both the plague. Either that or I just need to stay the hell away from you. That's all I have to do to be fine. Hey, since the last time we talked, I have some news, Armando Salguero. Um, does this involve golf? It does. Did you see my news on Twitter.com? No, tell me, what did you do? I have joined the very, <laughs> the very exclusive club of those that have scored a hole-in-one on, on a golf course, a legit hole-in-one, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of applying for my PGA Tour card now because I've got this game solved. That is amazing, dude. So on a par what? A par three. Okay. About, and... 100, about 110 yards, I used a pitching wedge. And it wasn't one of these, like, sometimes they're fluky, right? Like, I have uh, my friend Greg Likens, who used to work at 790, uh, and also 560, for that matter. Uh, he witnessed one w- once where it bounced off two roofs, went sideways, and went into the hole. I, I didn't have that kind of uh, ridiculous luck. Mine was well-struck, online, one bounce, rolled right into the cup. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's truly the highlight of my, uh, my athletic achievement in 40 years. Um, it, it surpasses any of those cross-country trophies I won back in the, the late 90s. And how many people witnessed this? Uh, there were three, including a very good friend of mine who attested to it on Twitter after I posted the video of me celebrating. So this is legit. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm going to get a trophy, I think, because and, and, I saved the ball. And, uh, and it was life was good. It was a good Saturday for me. And and so let me ask one final question before we move on to football. So is there tape of or video of this swing and you know the preceding uh, you know ball going in hole? No, no, no. There's no video of the actual hole. Uh, one. Just just <laughs> just just video of me going in picking the ball up out of the hole after it went in there for my tee shot. Amazing. Well, I mean, you know, that that's pretty cool. There's no way to, you know, to make that any sort of questionable type of thing <laughs> at all. <laughs> it must have happened, clearly. Hey, my credibility is rock solid in the, in, the, in the eyes of my Twitter followers and all the readers and the listeners to this podcast. I don't think there's anyone who would ever think, I would make something like that up. And, 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 and to prove uh, how honest I am being, I'll tell you what happened on the very next shot. I sliced it so far out of bounds that it crossed the street outside of the golf course. 
that didn't happen. <laughs> the next shot, you uh, was it like a par four or five or something like that? Yeah, it was a par five, and and I hit it probably straight right instead of straight forward. So right. it, it, I, I, I'm no better of a golfer now than I was four days ago. I just have a nice souvenir. And here's the segue: Are the Dolphins better today than they were on December 30th when their season ended in New England? Oh, of course. They got Ricardo Lewis. Yes. Yes. I'm so pumped. Ricardo <laughs> Lewis. Um, who's Ricardo Lewis? Uh, well, it's understandable for asking that question because he hasn't played in the NFL since 2017. He, he, uh, I, I think he was – 17 was like uh, his best of his two years as a pro out of Auburn. Just, you know, a solid wide receiver. Uh, and then he had a series of major injuries, neck injury that cost him all of 18. And then he signed with the uh, the Dolphins in 19, finally got over that neck injury, and in about a month into his time here, blew out his knee and missed the entire 2019 season. So the Dolphins are giving him one last shot, and uh, obviously it's a depth-building move for them and a lotto ticket if he pans out great. If not, they're not really spending much on him. But it's interesting now, Armando, because they have a whole lot of wide receivers under contract. And aside from Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, I'm not sure how many of those are any good. Oh, no. The Dolphins believe that they are good because if you remember, the Dolphins last year, they locked down Alan Hearns Mm -hmm. to a uh, contract. They've now locked down Ricardo Lewis to a contract. They had locked down Jakeem Grant to a, a contract extension. They added Gary Jennings, who they loved, right? And, Mac, Hol- Mac Hollins as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, so they clearly believe that wide receiver is locked down for them for the 2020 season. Yes, and, and the, all those names we just listed – doesn't even include their highest paid wide receiver, who's Albert Wilson, who is uh, in line to make $9.5 million this year. His cap hit is, cap number is $10.8 million. The Dolphins can save all but you know, a million three of that if they cut him. Uh, but they don't really ha- don't have to because they have $120 million of cap space. If they want to grow with Albert Wilson, paying him a big number, they, they, they can do it. I'm just curious, Armando, when you look at that group of wide receivers, yes, Devontae was excellent this past year. He should have been a pro bowler. And Preston Williams was certainly promising before he got injured, but we don't know uh, if he's going to be at full strength to start the season. Aside from that, do do those guys scare you? Uh, No, and I'm glad that you brought this wide receiver thing up because it's almost as if we had discussed it before we started doing Hmm. the show. Hmm. Um, (laughs) instead of it being organic. But here's the thing. Um, You are absolutely right. None of those guys, and perhaps even not Devontae Parker, until we get another year down the road and we see more uh, that erases the first, I would say, three years, none of those guys really, I don't think, concern opposing defenses And the problem with that is they've decided, they being the Dolphins, have decided to do all this work with free agent and veteran wide receivers in a year that 
the wide receiver draft, according to scouts that I've talked to, um, according to the sheer number of wide receivers that have been invited to the combine, uh, according to every standard and measure of anyone that has any knowledge of the NFL draft, this is perhaps the best wide receiver class in over a decade from top to bottom and uh, perhaps the best ever, 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 <laughs> ever. And yet the Dolphins have decided that during that year, they're going to go with Alan Hearns, um, which is fine, but it's an interesting approach, I would say. Yes, agreed. Uh, I would be much more confident in the Dolphins' prospects in 2020 if they did exactly what they've done at wide receiver on the offensive and defensive lines. If they have added, you know, they say they've got one, maybe two top-tier guys, including Preston Williams. They have a speed guy, two speed guys, now Rolson, Jakeem Grant. Alan Hearns is a tough player. They're, it's a well-rounded group. And certainly it might not be the best group in the NFL, but it's strong enough to be competent. Why didn't they do that with the offensive line and defensive lines, which I, in, in my opinion, are far more important to the success of a franchise than wide receiver? Yes, a top-tier wide receiver can make your offense a lot better. Understood. And, 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 and Devontae Parker, he probably won them a couple of games this past year just going up and getting the football. Totally get that. But to have the consistent production they need on offense, they need an offensive line. And I think it's backwards. You, shouldn't you build the foundation first and then go get all the bells and whistles afterwards? Shouldn't you have that offensive and defensive line totally locked down and, 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 and not have to go into the draft knowing you need at least two, if not three guys who aren't even just going to be on the team, but you're, you're going to need them to play. You're going to need – they need at least three, maybe four new starters on that offensive line this year. And, 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 and that should be done already in this part of the rebuild. They shouldn't have spent 2019 building up the wide receiver room. They should have spent it building up the offensive and defensive lines so they can go into this year now, get a quarterback that you can protect, get some skill position players, as you mentioned, who are plentiful in this year's draft, and, and, and go from there. That's, that, to me, is, 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 I think, a failure of 2019, not getting those lines settled. Well, uh, I would typically agree with you, but here's, uh, here's the problem with that. That's the scenario in a perfect world. I don't believe the Dolphins exist in a perfect world, and so obviously they figured that we have what we have in front of our eyes right now, so we'll have to, you know, look past the great wide receiver class of 2020 and lock down what we have, which maybe is not as good, but at least it's here. And then in 2020, we do have to ex uh, um, kind of expend our resources on what you mentioned, on offensive line, on defensive line. That has to be addressed, and I believe that will be addressed in this coming draft. There's no, there's no um, earthly reason why the Miami Dolphins won't use one of their first-round picks. They have three right now on an offensive lineman this year. They have to come back from the Laramie Tunsil loss. 
That was the loss of a Pro Bowl left tackle. They decided to do that. They have to find a Pro Bowl left tackle with one of the picks that they, you know, that they got back from from Laramie Tunsil or from somewhere in the first round because it's it's a hole. It's a hole that's bleeding, and they need it. And so they got to have it. It's it's not a question, and I believe they're going to address that. I do as well. I think we have a bit more to say about this, but first we need to take a short break. All right, go ahead when you're ready. Back in three, two, one. Speaking of holes, Adam Beasley, so, uh, and holes in one, this is the whole edition of <laughs> Dolphins in Death podcast. Um, I have recently written about the Dolphins' um, mannerisms, their, their posture, so to speak, about quarterbacks. You, you remember the Dolphins kind of sort of need a quarterback, right? They uh, I've, read, I've read that on MiamiHerald.com. Yes, um, from many authors. <laughs> uh, and some accomplished and some not so much, but nonetheless. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it, I, I spent Super Bowl week scratching my head because it itched. Um, I spent Super Bowl week scratching my head as to why the Dolphins were just crapping all over Tua uh, Tango Valoa. It was, you know, it was Steve Ross is available. Yeah, I'm, I like Tua, but he's, I worry about his health. <laughs> Steve Ross is available again. Tua's a nice player, but his health is a question mark. And it was like one big, you know, pile of nasty words after another on Tua's head. Um, And I wondered why that would be so. Why would you think that would be so? Well, I think there are one or two explanations for that, Armando. Uh, Number one is Steve Ross is honest to a fault. And he just says what's on his mind. Consequences be damned. Or number two, his very smart group of uh, handlers, advisors, confidants said to him, hey, look, you're about to say some public things for the first time about Tua Tungabailoa. Um, It would probably be helpful if you downplayed expectations and if you sowed some doubt in how strong our convictions were for Tua so that maybe we're not held ransom by the Detroit Lions or the uh, New York Giants who are going to want to get value for their pick because the, the Dolphins might feel like other teams might go up and get him. What are those two options do you think are true? Um, maybe both are true. Maybe perhaps both are true because it is true. This is true. Tua Tangavaloa's um, health is an issue. The hip is an issue. He has a hip socket that is made of alloy. <laughs> and so <laughs> that is a fact. It was, it's there, baby. He's going to set off some alarms in airports. Um, and it's also true that that perhaps doesn't mean that he's not a good NFL quarterback in the future. And teams are going to be interested in him, including the Miami Dolphins, and they don't want, they being the Dolphins, don't want 
other teams like, say, Detroit or Washington robbing them at gunpoint because they see a desperation by the Dolphins to finally find a quarterback that, you know, can complete 70% of his passes and throw 35 touchdown passes a year and lead the team to a Super Bowl. I'm not saying that Tua is that guy, but that's obviously the the desire and the and the and the goal. Yes, uh, and I as always come prepared for this podcast, so I read that column, which of course was uh, excellent, illuminating, um, scintillating, and you made the great point that nobody is buying what the Dolphins are selling. That's the Every- problem. Everybody in the world knows what their needs are. They've said it for a year now. They built their entire offseason plan around getting their franchise guy this offseason. Now, if things don't work out, they're not going to force a round peg in a square hole, but they're going to do whatever they can to make it work out. Because you know what? Steve Ross, he's not a 70-year-old soon. He's an 80-year-old. He turns 80 in May. And do you think he wants to wait another whole season to get the quarterback situation fixed? No. He wants to be going into 2021 with his quarterback, some productive starts under his belt, a solid team around him, ready for another offseason with plenty of resources unless they completely break the bank this year, which I doubt they will, and make a run in 2021. That's what he wants to do. I don't think he wants to hit pause on that for another season. So, yes, they're going to talk themselves into Tua if – if the tests come back good, and this is a big week for Tua Armando, I think this is the week he we're getting very close to that three three month mark, and I know for certain he's not going to go to the combine, which starts two weeks from today, which you and I can do our podcast in person for, which would be pretty cool. I'm going uh, to the combine. We're both going to the combine. You're going, well, you always go. I do. I'll give you all the tips. I know. Uh, I know that uh, that town more than any. It's crazy because. We, we're in a division that we go to the New York every year. We go to Boston every year. We go, we go to Western New York every year. But I'm in Indianapolis more than any other city in the NFL. I spend more days there per year than any other city in the NFL, which is crazy. It's Indianapolis. All right. I'll, uh, I dig- but I digress. He is not going to join me in Indianapolis, in two of that is, without knowing in explicit detail the condition of his health, the condition of his hip. Because he is going to go and go through all the tests that he's going to go through now, again in two weeks, and he's going to do it with independent doctors. It's not going to be guys that he handpicks to give him the best prognosis and the best news. No, they're going to be, a, I'm not going to say confrontational doctors, but certainly skeptical doctors. They're going to give him the once, twice, and three times over. So he, he has to know going to Indy what his status is. So he's going to find out maybe this week. Probably not next. My guess is it'll be this week at some point where he stands. And and we're going to know pretty soon if he's a guy the Dolphins can seriously consider drafting because all of that health information is going to become public. Maybe not public, public to us, but certainly public to the teams that are, that are interested in drafting him. So I think three weeks from today, we will know. I think we will have with 95% certainty an idea of whether or not the Dolphins are going to draft to him because all that health information will come in. And if he's got the clean bill of health, I don't see a scenario in which they don't go up and get him. Well, let me uh, let me back up from from three weeks to today. From today, as you mentioned, he's going to be seeing his own doctors. Uh, you know, at some point very soon. If if Tua does not attend the NFL Combine, if he decides, if there's some announcement where 
He's decided to not attend. And he is supposed to attend for the very reason you just mentioned, plus the fact that he would be meeting with teams. He would be talking to teams. He's not going to do on-field work. We know that already. But he will be meeting with teams. He will be meeting with coaches and GMs. And obviously, the, the medical is a big deal. If he's decided at any point to back out of that, we know this is, this is a mess. Mm-hmm. Because what will happen is, if this is bad news or not the news that he wants out there, he's not going to go and provide the news. He's not going to show up. But if he does show up, it will suggest that he is on time, that he is uh, his recovery schedule is more than um, adequate at this point, and there have been no setbacks. So that is how you read that announcement, whether he doesn't go or will go. I expect that he will go. Only if he doesn't go is it huge news, because it will, it will glow in neon something is wrong. Yes, and then he probably made the wrong choice to go pro because uh, he could have, you know, waited an entire season, see if his body responded better, maybe go to Europe and get some of that uh, blood circling, uh, cycling uh, <laughs> treatment that, uh, that has worked so well for, uh, for Peyton Manning and others. He could find other remedies that, that won't have this huge cloud over his head in a year it would have been a mistake for him to go pro now. I, I think there's enough confidence, there's enough level of confidence among the people he trusts medically that he's going to be fine. Uh, but we don't know for sure. You're right. We don't know for certain until those MRIs and CTs go down probably this week. Maybe even they're happening now. But you're, you're absolutely right. If he bails on Indianapolis, the Dolphins will not be drafting him. Maybe not at all. Certainly not in the first round. Let's close this out here, Beasley. One quarterback that... We know with a solid degree of certainty will not be quarterbacking the Miami Dolphins in 2020 is named Tom Brady. I thought you were going to say Josh Rosen, whose birthday it is today. (laughs) Man, you know, I like Josh. You know, the last time I thought about Josh, (laughs) about the last time he thought about me, it's, uh, you know... I, I, w- I would like for Josh, I feel bad for Josh because this is going to be his fourth offensive coordinator in three NFL seasons that he's going to be playing for. But I, not on the, oh my gosh, this might be an answer radar for, for you know, for Mondo. What can I tell you? I think, I, I think he had four in three years in college too. So I think this is his eighth and six seasons. <laughs> oh my god and it's not anything he's done it, it has nothing to do with him i mean it really doesn't it's just a bad he's got some bad mojo something. <laughs> it's like josh buddy what's up brother um so but no not him tom brady tom brady yeah um it was fun super bowl week and I think your buddy about five minutes. Yeah, I think your buddy Florio just like stir and bleep up because uh, there are there are a couple things that came out of that website which is usually very strong that made me scratch my head. Um, but yeah, that ain't happening. It's it would be 
Look, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have committed to Fitz already. Fitz wouldn't have come out and taken his victory lap on Ray Rowe already if that wasn't baking the cake. I mean, he 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 is going to be their bridge quarterback. He is going to be the guy that mentors whoever they get out of the draft. And 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 Tom Brady is probably going to go back to New England, if not maybe Vegas or somebody someplace else that has warm weather, a nice city, and and a place that Giselle could be happy. Well, the whole Tom Brady to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, possibility, you know, collapsed in on itself the day after the season when Brian Flores fired Chad O'Shea as the offensive coordinator. (laughs) It ended right then and there because then the next day or two days later, they announced that, you know, Chan Gailey is going to be the new offensive coordinator. And I'm thinking to myself, has Chan Gailey ever run an offense that is close, similar, or a reasonable facsimile of the New England Patriots system. No, he hasn't. And so, therefore, that's it. You're not coming to Miami, Tom yeah, Brady. The it's- idea of Brady at age 42, Brady who ran, like, I think a five-second flat 40 in, in the combine 20 years ago when he was a young man, uh, him running the, like, the spread, some read option stuff, that makes me chuckle very hard. It it just died a a quick death, bang, right there before they got this thing to the hospital that was over. And oh, (laughs) by the way, if I'm Tom Brady, and I kind of look like him, I, I, you know, I, I, I kind of have a close, reasonable look as Tom Brady, right, (laughs) Adam? Absolutely. Spitting image. Spitting image. Yeah, Yeah, baby. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) uh, If I'm him, I don't even think four seconds about the Miami Dolphins. Because the first second that I think about the Miami Dolphins, I wonder who their left tackle is. Mm -hmm. And then the second second, I wonder who their two guards are. And then the third second, I wonder who the right tackle is. And then the fourth second, I say to myself, what was their record last year? And do do they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl this year? And all of the answers in those four seconds uh, don't help the Dolphins cause and make them more attractive to Tom Brady. I think you're 100% right. I think there are three, maybe four towns that he would consider going to. Uh, I mentioned Vegas. I think the Chargers might be an option for him. I think outside shot, no one's talking about, but maybe the Bears, because the Bears have a team that's that's built to win now. Um, but other than that, I think he's going back to New England. I, I think that at the end of the day, if he wants to continue playing, he's going to swallow his pride. He's going to take another one-year deal with a, with a, with a second-year team option. And uh, he's, he and Belichick are going to coexist. And if, and if that can't happen for him, he's not going to play in the NFL anymore. I don't think he's going to swallow his pride. I think he's going to get paid like $25, $30 million next year. Uh, which, you know, if, if that is pride swallowing, then let's gulp that thing down. Because <laughs> that's awesome pride swallowing. Yeah, but but more- it, would, it, it would also probably only make him, pay, make him the seventh or eighth highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And so he, he, here, here, here's a guy who first ballot Hall of Famer in the conversation for best quarterback and best player in NFL history. I'm not saying he is that, but he's certainly on the short list. 
Um, and he's never been the highest paid player at his own position. That's crazy to me. And he's not going to be this year because what he wants more than anything that he lacked last year to the point where in the season finale, that offense could not move the football against the Miami Dolphins stanky defense is this. He wants talent around him. He wants talent that is uh, arrow up talent. He wants playmakers and they had very few of those, if none of those. They had broken down Julian Edelman uh, at 33, 34 years old as their only viable option. Gronk was on South Beach, uh, you know, running naked on with, with four girls or something <laughs> and, and drinking daiquiris. And all of his tools from the previous many years were gone. And they couldn't play, and they couldn't score, and they couldn't move the ball with any sort of consistency. He wants guys that are going to help him, and that's why he's going to accept less than premium because you got to pay those other guys. I agree, and we'll get out of here on this. I do think if Tom Brady returns to New England in 2020 or he doesn't, either way, the, the, the window of opportunity is going to open very soon for the other teams in the AFC East. And the question is, who jumps through that window? The Bills certainly have a ton of talent. Questions at quarterback. The Jets, can Gase get it together? Is, is, is that the team that's going to fill that vacuum? Or is it going to be the Miami Dolphins? And the Dolphins are probably two years away from being true contenders for titles. But if, you know, if, if they can figure this offseason out, they get the right quarterback, make smart use of their unlimited resources, maybe they're the team that fills that void. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I, I have a higher regard for Josh Allen than you, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a higher regard for Adam Gase than you do. Um, and I have a very wide-open view of the Dolphins are not competing for a Super Bowl this year or next year. I'm sorry. it's They're just not. Uh, they're not. <laughs> okay? So they're not. Are we can, can we please just tamp down and slow the roll on 2021 Super Bowl, here we come? They're not. Because that year, whoever is playing quarterback for them, maybe we'll be starting as a first-year full-time starter. Um, and those guys don't often go to the Super Bowl in the history of the NFL. I would say never <laughs> go, have gone to the Super Bowl in the history of the NFL. I'm, you know, I, 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 I do think of a guy that comes to mind. Uh, is his name Tom Brady? Uh, well... <laughs> that was not his first year, now was it? Yeah, it was. That was the second no. year in the league, but first year as a starter. Okay. All right. So that was his second year in the league. Fair. Right. And and yet, you know, yeah, you got me. You're right. <laughs> so exactly. So now you've answered the issue. All they have to do is sign Tom Brady. And or we're, or, or draft. Forget or everything we just said. Sign or, Tom Brady. Or draft the next one. His name is Tua Tungavailoa. Wow. He's the right guy. He's the right guy, says Adam Beasley. 
<laughs> without seeing without seeing a single X-ray, CT scan, or MRI, I'm sold onto it. Yes, you are. Hey, we appreciate you listening to this edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. We will be doing this regularly through antics season, uh, and we hope that you join us every week. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs>